When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Truly, Late nights, early speak mornings. mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends. Family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you. Then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you. Let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand mm-hmm. and people in general is the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart. You got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm -hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good with the wealthy people? Your boy David Bellard here, one of the half of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast, man. Coming at you live and direct from Dallas, Texas. Your favorite show, the place to go. I'm here with my brother from another, Jalen Clark. Jalen, how you living, brother? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jalen, man. I'm living great, dog. I'm doing amazing. Um, Before we get started and get into this, I want to say, please, everybody, leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure you let us know what you think about the show, right? If y'all enjoy it, let us know. If you are one of the first-time listeners, this is a special episode. We're going to be doing something, you know, a little old-school style, where it's just going to be David and myself on this uh, show. This is going to be the last show of the year Wrapping as up well. season four. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, man, I'm doing great, dog. I really can't complain. I've had an amazing year, really reflected on it, sit, sat back on it, and really just thought about it. I'm grateful, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really grateful. Before we get this thing started, let's take a toast, man. Take us a shot. Shot at shot at that, that Keela. You see that, huh? Yeah. It's a twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. We're gonna take a sip, not that whole. That's smooth. That's a quadruple shot, big dog. Um, but no, nah, likewise, man. Twenty twenty two. It's been. Uh, not gonna say it's the greatest, but it's been a very 
a very good year in terms of what I've been able to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, just coming off celebrating the birthday. That's Happy birthday to it, you as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, recently celebrated a birthday. And kind of like how you used to say, around this time of year, I always get to thinking and reflecting. Um, I'm the type of person at the end of every year, I kind of want to just look back, see what it is that I learned from it, and see what I can take from that year moving forward so that I can take the lessons that I learned and make the most of them in the next year. So that's exactly what we kind of want to get into on this podcast, right? Um, with this being something different, with this us being the last episode of the year, yeah. Jalen and I just want to share some of the lessons that we've learned throughout 2022, uh, 22 lessons that we learned. Yeah, this is going to be the 22 year. lessons of 2022. That we learned that we're going to be applying to our lives in 2023. Because y'all already know we're on this road to wealth. We're on this road, this journey. Uh, we lift in the community as we climb and the things that we learn, the value and insight that we are able to gain from the blessing that is this podcast that's mm-hmm. been able to touch the lives of, at this point, what, about four, four million people? Yeah, something, four like million, something like that, man. Dang. Crazy. Crazy. The growth has been amazing, dog. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and tapped in. Yeah, like, we we have the privilege of sitting down with some great minds uh and getting to pick their brain conversations that we have off camera are amazing but in our own personal lives the personal situations that we've been through yeah we've been able to gain some insight and we just want to share that with y'all on this episode yeah so this episode we're gonna be real real open real vulnerable you might learn some things that you might not not have known uh you're gonna learn some things about me and david and uh we're gonna rock out dog uh and also i want to say Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, once again, this is going to be the last episode. So happy holidays to everybody and happy new year to y'all. Make sure that y'all are being safe over the ho- over these holidays. If you can't drink, get your Uber or have your designated driver. Happy uh, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa to all my brothers Feliz and sisters Navidad. that don't celebrate the Christmas and all these other things. We, we're real inclusive at BWR. You feel me? We for everybody. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So Jalen, to get this kicked off, bro, I'm gonna let you share your lesson first. What was the first lesson that you learned of 2021? My first lesson, of yeah, the first one that you want to share. Okay, my first one that I I have it listed as number one. I really didn't go Think back about and it like, like a, the put list. it in the yeah, order or anything like that. So the first lesson that I have on here though is listen to your gut, mm. right? Um, you know, sometimes your gut tells you one thing. But you try to rationalize with your conscious mind and make another situation out. And sometimes you try to make it real rational, but sometimes you just have to listen to your gut because there's a little feeling in that. It's like, yo, this is the right choice or this is the wrong choice. Or maybe it's time for you to make and act upon this move at this instant. So that's that's one of my biggest lessons is listening to my gut and acting upon it whenever I need to. I feel you with that one, bro. That's something uh, that I believe the first person who really put it like put it away for me was when you listen to your gut, like you talking about that rationalized part. So that's your brain and your mm-hmm. heart, your brain and your heart will mislead you. But your gut knows what's going on. You can't bullshit the gut because the gut is what filters the shit. Exactly. The gut, the gut filters the shit out. So, like, whenever you get that feeling, that inkling, it's best that you go ahead and act upon that. And if whenever you delay it, it's only going to have negative effects. 
Um, and that kind of goes into <laughs> one of my first lessons that I wrote down, right, which is being swift and decisive. Mm. Because one of the things, one of the lessons that I've learned throughout this year is that, like, whenever you do decide to make a decision, you need to be steadfast in that decision. You can't, like, hokey pokey, one, fit, one foot in, one foot out with it. Like, the longer you play around with the decision, the more difficult you're making the situation for yourself. Um, so, I mean, we kind of alluded to it. I think I said it at the beginning. Y'all used to hear us introduce ourselves as, as one-fourth of yeah. the Black Wealth Renaissance. So now it's one-half. So that's something that's been in the works since March of this year. Yeah, a long or, time, actually. And this is something that was recently resolved, but the decision was made in March. But the everything wasn't finalized until Feb until November. Yeah. So that's a what that is seven, eight month time frame where we're basically just in limbo. And whenever you're in limbo, you're not moving forward. You are just bending, you're bending in place. So that was one of the big lessons that I learned. Like if you're going to make a decision, move with that decision as fast as possible so that you can get to the next thing and get that result that you're looking for or the result that you won't get. And you get to tweak what make the uh, tweaks that you need to make. Exactly. You can recalibrate a lot faster, but whenever you stay stuck in that same position mm -hmm. going and you just kicking tires, now you start noticing stuff happening that you didn't want to happen. So again, we talking honesty yeah, and transparency. Yeah, just, just we saw the door, a rapid, uh, a, a vast decline in our business. But because we were dealing with other things, other things, our, our personal situations, it led to all of us not putting in what we should have been putting in. Mm -hmm. So it led to the business declining. And again, had we been rapid, swift and decisive, it we wouldn't have been nipped the case. it in the bud and we could have had maybe a small dip and keep on going. But this one was like more of a very long Long, low trough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is like, you make a decision, act on that joint. Even if it's the wrong decision. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You Like you just said, if you make the wrong decision, at least you can recalibrate. Because mm -hmm. a loss is only a lesson at the end of the day. And them lessons is truly going to be the biggest blessings. Uh, I think Tim, shout out to Tim. Yeah, he was one of the guys that, guy, that said it to me. It's like these these losses and lessons that you have, these are going to be the things that are going to make or break you as a person. It's going to be the things that you're going to hold on to with, like whenever you go through the trying times of your life, those are the lessons that you learn that are going to set the bedrock for and the foundation for what you're going to do when things get hard for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. It'll allow you to know that I can dig deep and I can become triumphant if I don't give up. So I like how you put that. I'll go on to my second, uh, my second lesson, lesson three. 
out of all of this. It is. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Knowing the difference between a good opportunity versus the right opportunity. Talk about it, brother. So I think that this was a really great lesson for me this year. Um, so as many of you may know, I'm an insurance adjuster by day, right? And uh, whenever I moved into my crib at the beginning of this year, I was working an insurance adjusting and deployment. I was working 60 hours a week, uh, sometimes 70. Um, I was working six days a week, 10-hour shifts. Um, but I was working from home, so I didn't have to go anywhere. Um, it gave me the ability to really just stack up, sit, sit down and get my mind together. Right. Um, then at the beginning of the year, my deployment ended up getting released uh, around like February. And I didn't work for like maybe a month, a month and a half, something like that. Um, I didn't work for maybe like a month, month and a half. And I'm looking for things. Right. I'm looking for jobs. And I ended up finding something in Nashville. Um, Nashville, it was such, it was a good opportunity and it was the right opportunity because at first I, I was kind of scared and this is going to be something that I'm going to talk about as well. Uh, it's another lesson, but at first I was kind of scared slash apprehensive of moving to Nashville. Right. Um, because I had just got into my apartment. I was really comfortable. Um, I felt like I finally had a sense of solidarity solidarity a sense of security uh, for those of you who don't know um while we were in dallas from 2022 up until the beginning of this year um i was living with my line brother yeah 2020 i'm sorry uh 2020 up until 2022 while we relocated and moved out to dallas to really grow the brand i was living at my line brother and my uh my other frat brother's house um and i was living sleeping in the front room it was points where I was going from like the um, blow up mattress to like a a, a damn couch. a sofa, a couch, right? And it was really hard for me. Um, my mental health was suffering at one point. Um, I was giving a lot to Black Wealth Renaissance. So me getting my place, it gave me that sense of security, that sense of, oh, I finally, I have my own, right? So whenever I had to move and go to, to Nashville, I kind of was kind of scared because it's like, damn, man, I'm just getting comfortable here and I have to pick up and relocate again. And that's something that I, I would always have to do as a kid. Um, we relocated a lot um, whenever I was a kid. My mom would just move a lot. So it was something I was like, damn, man, do I re- should I really do this? Like mm-hmm. I was really kind of apprehensive yeah, about I, it. Once again, my gut versus my brain. So I was really kind of scared. But once again, I said it was a good opportunity and it was the right opportunity. Um, I was making going out there. I would be making more money than what I was making at home. 
Um, so I ended up making like fourteen thousand dollars pre-tax uh, in Nashville versus per month. yeah per month um, versus here I was making like um, how much was I making? You were like, going to Lagerty probably like seven eight something. Yeah, like I was making like eight thousand dollars a month pre-tax after tax sixty five uh, sixty five hundred um, a month. Um, so I would almost double. Damn near did almost double like my income, right? So that's the one first part that was a good part, but it also allowed me a lot of freedom with this deployment. I only had to work fifty hours a week on this one. So as long as I hit fifty hours a week, they would pay me my per diem plus my per diem for seven days. So I would get one hundred and seventy dollars for seven days as long as I work five days. So I work five days, I get paid for a full week. Um, then I also get my, uh, my overtime and things like that, but it allowed me the flexibility to fly back to Dallas to do the podcast. Um, I also was able to travel, go doing different things that I wasn't able to do on my last deployment working from home. Mm -hmm. So it was a good opportunity, but also the right opportunity because it allowed me to take care of more business that I wanted to do. Versus what I was doing working from home. They also didn't mind with uh, me like taking off, uh, requesting leave early, stuff like that. So, you know, it, it worked out really, really well. And the amount of workload over there was half of the workload that I had working from home. Mm. That's so key, bro. The right opportunities, right? Because I think that's the thing. When it, we start talking about a good opportunity versus the right opportunity, and you're talking about that gut feeling, I think that's where faith also comes into play, mm -hmm. right? Because just recently we were having a conversation when we talked about this where it was another opportunity yeah, yeah. that came on the table and it was a good opportunity, but you had to turn it down because it wasn't the right opportunity, that same flexibility that you get afforded. Because, like, I mean, we all have different situations. We all have different things that we have going on. For us, it's Black Wealth Renaissance. We work as our insurance adjusters. So typically insurance adjusters have heavy workloads, heavy independent hours. Independent insurance adjusters. Independent insurance adjusters. Yeah. So we have heavy lo workloads. We work heavy hours. And you have to have that flexibility to do something like what we do at Black Wealth Renaissance in our free time. And if you take the wrong opportunity where you may be making really good money, but, but you're, you're not able seven to, days a week. You're working seven twelves where you're not able to pour into the business. Because, I mean, let's keep it a buck. We're not machines. Mm -mm. We're humans. Like, if you're working 84 hours a week on a job, how much more do you really have to give to your business? And you may have gotten something that it may have taken care of you in that, in that season, but having that faith and that understanding that this is a good opportunity but not the right opportunity mm -hmm. and letting it pass, that's when you get rewarded with the better opportunity because – you had that wisdom and that that understanding, that like that discernment. Let me say, mm -hmm. it's like okay, this is good, but this not for me. And I think that's something big that we got to learn. Just not even on the entrepreneurial wealth type thing. Just, just in life, in, in general. life in general, like that's a, a, an important thing to understand because everything's not for everybody. I think we've talked about it a few times. We talk about it with Brother Dre when he came on the pod. Like you'll see everybody, they're doing their thing, they running their thing in their lane. But it's like eventually, guys, you got to understand, like, okay, yeah, they killing it in box trucks. I don't do box trucks. That's not for David. David, 
that's not your lane. Don't try to go run their lane. Do what you need to do, what you're called to do in your season. So you, what is that? You got Turo. You got Black Wealth Renaissance. You were insurance adjuster. Run those lanes. Do what you do so you can get to your goals. And only take opportunities that fit and align with, with your what goals. you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the biggest thing of figuring out if it's a, the right opportunity is whenever you decide, does this align with my goals? And I think that the biggest thing is not being eager to jump at a good opportunity, right? Under especially if you're like in that mode where you you just want to you want to get the ball rolling and you're gonna take something, so you're gonna take the first opportunity that comes your way. I think sit sit back and relax and really just analyze like does this align with my goals mm-hmm. if it aligns with your goals take it but if not something else is going to come like what's for you is going to be for you forever thanks and i kind of want to go in there you got me in here as i'm thinking about it. now i'm almost changing my list up a little bit man nah, one of the, nah, nigga, one don't of the big lessons one of the big lessons no because it, it plays into this and as we're having this conversation i'm thinking about it like knowing when you're in survival mode mm. That's like we had I was that conversation talking about that on live, bro. We had that conversation with TJ and it's like it's it's very important to understand the difference between when you're it, you're in a survival mindset whenever you're thinking scarcity and lack and whenever you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, it makes it a lot harder to have that discernment, right? Cuz now if you're scrambling, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna top at the first opportunity and one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was like, in order to get out of survival mode, you need to provide yourself with some stability, mm. whether that's through your own endeavors or that's through going and getting a job. So that's a fact. One of the biggest challenges it. that I had to face this year was re-entering the workforce. Um, whenever we moved here in 2020, I was full time within the business. Uh, Jayla and I have shared we did not pay ourselves from the business for years. So we finally started paying ourselves from the business, but it wasn't nothing crazy. We were making good money in the business, but we weren't paying ourselves five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. It was just a little, nah, little some make, make pay your rent. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what happened with the situation where we started to see the business decline? I found myself in a position where. I started thinking in survival mode, and I had to figure out a way to get away from that. Because whenever you're in survival mode, you make bad decisions. Mm. You don't, you're not thinking things all the way through, especially financially. Like, I noticed like survival mode me, this that's really why I stopped smoking weed. Cause I was like, bro. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. you stress. stressed. You're not making the money you want to make, but you're going to spend 
eighty dollars on a sack on some, on some weed yeah. on a sack for what? So you can escape your reality. That's survival mode thinking, guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how you really. You're never gonna change your situation doing shit like that. You're going to have to put put the weed down, yeah. put the liquor down. Turn turn off the what, fucking TV. Whatever you have to do to find that stability that David's talking about, you need to let it. Whatever is holding you back, you gotta let that shit go. It, it maybe it's a story that you keep telling yourself about the situation that you're in and how you ended up there, placing yourself in the position of the victim. Regardless of what it is, you gotta change that. Like you're you're a grown individual at the end of the day. Nobody's coming to save you, and that's I think the biggest mindset shift and it's easy to fall into right i don't want to sit here and say I, I, i'm like oh man holier than thou no like this happened gradually this happened it started off with a depression and then that depression led to stuff that i'm gonna talk about a little later but whenever you're in that survival mentality you're not going to operate at your highest frequency and it's going to affect you in every aspect of your life so as mentioned you're gonna have to do an audit you gonna have to check your habits you're going to have to figure out what it is that you need to change within yourself or what situation you need to change to get that stability back. So mine was reentering the workforce. It was like, okay, I'm not making the money I want to make as an entrepreneur. Let's keep it a buck. There's a lot of people out here that's chasing entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial dreams that's not touching the paper that they would want to touch. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, I didn't become an entrepreneur to make 30 40 or 50k a year Nah, that's not what i did this for i did this to create wealth and if i'm out here doing 30k on the personal side bro i'm struggling uh, like let's call fact. it what it is like, so, i can go i can go i think one of the things we discredit about working is the autonomy of you just going into a system and not having to worry about everything else. You're not wearing all the that, hats. Yeah, that comes with entrepreneurship, right? You're just playing your one role. You go in. Whenever you're going to work, you're going to work, you're locked in. But whenever you walk out those doors, you don't have to worry about anything else. Whenever you're full-time entrepreneurship, you're literally thinking about your On business 24-7. 24-7. 24 seven. So until you can get that stability back to where you have that freedom to say, okay, all of my bills are taken care of. Uh, I got a little money to, you know, take my lady out. We can go do these things. I can, I can invest the way I would like to, you know, that gives you that time to start thinking and say, okay, let me get back into it with my business. So to even add to that, right. That stability piece, whenever you're at a job, bro, you do not work all day. That's another thing that like people act, you can still work on your business while you at work. Nine times out of ten, you got little pockets in your day where it's nothing happening. You might Shit, be BSing, we- talking around with people, and you you can be getting something done. And not, maybe not nothing crazy. You ain't taking meetings and stuff like that. Shit, can, on my lunch break, I'm taking meetings. I know I've done it many a times. Whereas, like you getting, you can still get stuff done throughout the workday, and now you don't have that same stress. So. That would be my biggest thing uh, with that part, just like learning when you're in survival mode and learning how to pivot out of that. So that would be lesson four of 22. Okay. So going into lesson five of 2022, lesson three for me. Don't be afraid to rebuild. Don't be afraid to blow some shit up and start over again. I say that to say because it it also goes back to us with our business, right? Um, Businesses were suffering. We had to rearrange a lot of shit. We had to let go a lot of employees. Like we had a team at one point. We had about six, seven people all together on the team. 
we had to let it go. Like we got down just just keeping Arian. Yeah, yeah. Three. just keeping Arian. Like for real, and don't be afraid to rebuild though. Uh, and I think it's a two part thing, right? So the first part is you're like, damn, I worked so hard to get to this point, right? I don't want I don't want to let it go. I I want to do whatever I can to maintain so I can figure out what's going on to take it to the next level. But you discredit all of the years of experience that you have of getting to this point, right? So don't be afraid to blow it up because now you have all those years of experience of what it took you to get here so you can get back to this step mm. much faster than what you did the first time. Because now you do know what what should I not do? Well, you had to bump your head the first time. Now you know better. Exactly. It's like as, as a toddler, that first time you touched the stove, it was hot. You was exactly. like, ah, damn, I burned and my your head. Your mama told your ass, but you had to learn. But now that you done learned, you had that knowledge, you know mm-hmm. how to move. It's like, all right, let me not do that. I, one time I burned my damn hand on an iron. I was a kid. Yeah. I touched it like this. And I said, the old dude told me, man, just test it like this next time. You know what I'm saying? Like you... Not necessarily touching it, but just test it this way. Because just in case you bump it, at least if you shake hands, yeah. you ain't gonna be hurting. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like you, ha- it's just a little bit, a little small shift in behavior, a little knowledge that you may have a that can change. Small tweet that can change the trajectory or something. Mm-hmm. Whenever we first started, we may not have known that. Like, okay, this type of client isn't for us. This isn't the type of person that we need to be marketing our services to. Mm-hmm. Now. Two, three years in, this is my client. Even even client-wise, content-wise, right? We fell off with posting our content a lot. But we've done the work so much with content, we know what can we be know what put our up, audience wants. Yeah, be put up to, to get back some traction, to get engagement, to get things of that nature, right? So, like, all of those little years of experience not being afraid to blow it up and rebuild. You can make the tweet. Maybe you were building with shaped spears. Next time you know, I need to go with rectangles because the shit most solid, right? Like just understanding those small nuances and giving yourself the credit that you can get back to it again if you got there the first time. Yeah. Like a phoenix, right? You, it, it got a Rising burn, from the ashes. Rise from the ashes. Like you blew that shit up and now the phoenix rose from the ashes. Mm. Definitely. Fucks with that. So, other lesson for me, man, this would be number three for me, six in total. Um, people don't tell you how they feel. They show you how they feel. Ooh. Ooh, that's hard. Like, that's people, hard. Will, people will tell you shit all day. Like, they mouth will say everything, right? Everything you want to hear. But actions speak louder than words at the end of the day. I'm a big believer in a just a pattern. I can't remember who the person that taught it to me. It's CPC, right? Clues, patterns, choices. So people will tell you things. People will say this, that, and the third, and they'll tell you the things that you want to hear. But the clue isn't in what they're saying. The clue is in what they're doing. And regardless of what people think, you can't hide what you're doing. Mm-hmm. People see, like, if you telling me you putting in work and – a week later, the work not done. Well, the work not done, you're not putting in work. So that's a clue. If this person telling me one thing and doing something else, okay, you, now you're giving me an indication. The math of, not math. You, 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 the math not math. You're giving me a real indication of how you feel and what you really want. Mm-hmm. So now 
if I start seeing a pattern in that, it's like if well, if it's th- every week, yeah, every week you telling me, man, I'm doing this shit, and then whenever I check back on Sunday, like, hey, bro, you got that done? Oh no, nah, bro, I ended up not being able to get around to it. Last Sunday, you told me you was on it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. You told me you was working on it right now while we was talking. So what happened? So now I see a pattern. Mm. And now that I see that pattern, it goes back to choices. And that first lesson, being swift and decisive, right? Once you have the the knowledge of what the person really feels by what they're doing, now you have to make a choice. And that choice should be in the best interest of yourself and whatever your mission, vision, and purpose is. Because the longer you delay it, the longer you delay in the purpose you're supposed to feel and the the role you have in other people's lives. Mm. That's hard. That's hard. People don't tell you how they feel. They show you how they, they show feel. you every time. That's 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 a good one, dog. I gotta let that one marinate in my spirit. Number four for me, um, is going to be enjoy where you're at in the process. Mm. Okay, you kind of you kind of stole one from me. It's cool. <laughs> it's enjoying where you're at in the process, right? Um, not looking at what other people are doing. Preach. Um, not not being upset whenever you don't get the result that you thought that you were going to get. Um, not getting upset whenever you think you should be at a certain point on the timeline, right? Or you should be at a certain level uh, at that point. Sometimes you just got to enjoy where you're at, at the pro- in the process and take it all in, right? And really figure out, okay, At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How can I be present in this this current moment so I can get what lessons I need to need to get, but so also so I can enjoy the victories that I am experiencing at this level. Mm-hmm. Right? So you you have to understand that there's always going to be levels to wins. You can win a preseason, you can win your home opener, and then you can win a Super Bowl. All of them are different levels of wins, but you've won at each level, right? Just because you ain't win the Super Bowl yet don't mean that you got to give up and become sad and be like, oh, damn, man, I really ain't doing it. Exactly. Look at all the other wins that you had. Yeah, you might you might have won division champs and everything. You won win shy of the Super Bowl. And now you feel like your whole season is a loss. But look at back what you did. Look at all the accomplishments that you've done in order to, to even get to the playoffs. 
even if you missed the playoffs? What did you do right to get close enough to get to the playoffs? Or what did you do wrong that you can change in order to get better to it? How are you enjoying the people that's in your life in this season, right? How are you cherishing them? How are you showing support to those people at the level that you are in the process? So that's what I mean uh, whenever I say enjoy where you're at in the process. And that was a big lesson for me. I just got to enjoy it wherever I'm at. Enjoy it. Look for the lessons. Tell the people who are helping me in the, thank you. I appreciate you. Like, I don't know how I would have been able to do this without you because a lot of times we say we self-made, but it's always somebody in your corner who's helping you. They gave you a leg up. Somebody believed in you. Somebody bought your product. Like somebody is there in order to help you get become successful. Mm, that's deep, bro. And I think that gratitude is super important. Um, like just for recognizing where you are. And to me, the thing I was going to say is like, you got to find joy in your journey. Mm -hmm. Like you got to find a way to enjoy where you are. Like, even if you, you like, if you're constantly on this chase for the next thing and don't get me wrong, you have to be obsessed if you want to hit the next level. Like there's no getting around that. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to do things that people may not understand in your circle, but all that should not be at the sacrifice of everything in your life. Because if you sacrifice everything for your business, your job, your, your money, right? You, what, what are you going to have at the end of the day? Really a bunch of money and no people that you love. You're going to be lonely or you're going to be out here fucked up mentally because the little things in life that brought you joy, you decided you were going to deprive yourself of them. And I'm not talking nothing big, nothing crazy. When I say thing, little things in life that bring you joy, I'm talking about stuff that, like, they, that's not detrimental to you. It don't hurt. Like me, I like to go out in nature. I like to be outside. Like, Same. I, if I'm outside by myself, that's a peaceful time. It brings clarity and sanity to me as a person. And you shouldn't feel guilty about taking a little time away from whatever it is that you're doing to reflect and have that gratitude and spend that time with yourself. And that's something else I'm going to get into a little later, but yeah, that, that that's, that's deep. I fuck with that one, bro. That's a big lesson. So which one are we on now, man? This number number four for you. Okay. Me. So number four for me, right? This is something I think I alluded to earlier. Uh, so I mentioned that I kind of went through a season of depression. I say probably from like October of last year, till earlier uh earlier this year probably like march aprilish some somewhere in that range right and what i learned through this season is like when you don't address your depression it can lead to like repression mm. and this is something that i have to think on for a while so like when i say repression i mean like you think that you've healed from whatever it is that had you down in the dumps unmotivated all these things but you never really addressed the root of the issue. So what you started doing was building up this wall between you and your emotions, telling yourself that things were okay to keep pushing forward. And now you're less of yourself. You're, you're less than what you want it to be, what you think of you're supposed to be doing, and you're showing up as less of yourself because you're not in tune with, and you never really handled the cause of the problem to begin with. 
And this mm-hmm. was something that I don't think I recognized until after the separation was like, wow, me putting this off. Cause again, y'all just keeping it open, honest and transparent. These guys are my fucking friends. Like it's different, bro. It's different. And that's something that people don't talk about. Like, Doing business with friends is is great because they're your friends. You can friends. win together. You can win together. But if a disagreement comes about and it starts to spill over into the friendship, there's some some mental effects there that I wasn't really willing to acknowledge and, and deal with. So for me personally, that's been one of my goals for 2023 is like I realized that I need to talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. Because telling yourself it's okay is not the best way to handle your problems all the time. You really need to process shit. So that's gonna be one of my that's one of the lessons that I'm taking and moving forward in 2023. I'm gonna begin counseling. I just wanna speak to somebody who is a licensed professional who has a perspective. And I think Black Men Summit definitely did a lot for mm-hmm. pushing that needle for me. Um, because it was something that where I'm from. My family, my people, it's one of those things. It's like I told my mom, I was like, I think I want to go to counseling because there are certain things that have occurred over this year that I don't feel like I processed correctly. I may have, I may still be holding on to some resentment, some things like that. And it's like, okay, I want to do this. And they're like, well, why would you want to do that? Just go pray. And it's like, I don't think that it's a bad thing to want to talk to somebody about dealing with your stuff, especially if you're a person who is like me, who doesn't talk about their problems. I'm definitely in very much from the school of thought that like my problems are my problems. I deal with them by myself. I go off in the corner and do that. So like, that's not a healthy way to process shit. Right. Mm -hmm. All the way, all the time there's power in sharing whatever it is that's troubling you. Uh, and just talking through your issues, man. Like, I think that's going to be a big thing for me in 2023 to help me get back to myself. Cause again, I felt like I was okay. And then I started recognizing afterwards, like, damn, like I've really built up this wall between myself and myself. And that's like, are you really showing up fully if you could do that? So that's just one of the lessons that I had. That's deep as well, man. Uh, I went through depression as well around the same time. It probably started a little bit earlier for me. Um, once again, just because of the situation of where I was at, you know, you know, sleeping, where I was sleeping and stuff. It, it really, it took a mental toll on me. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of people don't share with businesses, some of the mental tolls that it can take on you. Um, but I also want to highlight the fact of what you're saying, you know, talking to people and going to counseling and how your mom, you know, said, you know, just pray. Um, shout out to my guy, Kizzle. Kizzle said, you know, therapy isn't like either. The yeah. Therapy isn't an either or it's an and right. Pray and go seek therapy or go to church and go to therapy. You don't have, you don't have to do one or the other. You can do both because although you're praying, Sometimes we don't know how to listen to God. Sometimes Talk we sometimes we're not in that space to where we can be receptive to the message, right? And we understand not in obedience. Exactly. Sometimes we understand that faith without works is is dead. I could be praying and having a lot of faith, 
But maybe the work that I need to go do is talking to a licensed professional who can help me understand as well, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that is a big thing for people to really understand is whenever you're talking about counseling, especially if you have a strong faith or you come from a strong faith background, counseling isn't there to replace the Lord. It's just counseling and the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that. Appreciate that, man. Definitely, dog. I think that's going to be something real big for 2023 um, for the development and progress of what we got going on. Yeah, I I, I definitely uh, would like to just go to counseling as well and just get get my mind ready. And uh, I even think one of the things that I was thinking about yesterday, I saw like a skit on Instagram or whatever, and a girl was talking about premarital counseling. I was like, why is there no pre-business counseling? Why is there no like counseling hmm. dedicated just to business, right? Why don't we make sure that we're okay to deal with some of the situations that are going to come into play whenever we're going into business, right? Maybe you need to figure out, are you the best person at handling customer service? At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do you react whenever you're faced with certain situations, right? So I was like, damn, that like why is there no pre business counseling yeah. or just people focused on just business counseling? And there might be. I might just not be privy to it. But uh I was just like, damn. Like that, a business owner's focused yeah. um, like mental health portrait. Hey, I don't know if you're a mental health professional listening to this, but if you're a business owner and a mental health professional, that might be a lane that yeah that you that you can get into. Um, I'm moving on in, along. Yeah, I'm gonna get into number five on my list. Number nine overall, um, take care of those that take care of you. Mm. Right, take care of those who take care of you. I think a lot of times in our life, we're so focused on trying to please someone that we want to gain acceptance from or to feel validated by, we overlook the person who's been taking care of us without needing any validation, right? If you call them, they there. If whatever, like, they're there. Mm -hmm. And we don't give them the flowers that they need to have, right? Because they're there. Exactly. They're so dependable. And you're not taking care of the person who's taking care of you. So I think that that is a big lesson. Just take care of the person who's taking care of you. Uh, I said it before. I want to say thank you to my guy, Arian, man. He's been solid. Arian is the GOAT, bro. When we got to a real low point in business, like solid, dog. So that's one of the people that I'm talking about whenever I say take care of the people that take care of you. Like just really look at who's in your corner, who's always there whenever you need them to be there. Hey, that's facts, bro. That's facts. I got to say it again, reiterate it, man. Shout out to our man, Arian. Yeah, we still ain't got him his drop yet, but we going to get it. Arian on the boards. Because, <laughs> nah, he's definitely an integral part of this business. I mean, at this point, how long has he been recording for us? It was, what, year and a half? Yeah. Year and it's a half? 2021? Yeah. So, yeah, man, definitely appreciate you, brother. And that's a good lesson, especially in business, mm-hmm. um, because uh, something that we've learned is, like, 
the people who are the dependable ones are the people that you need to keep around. The people who see the vision, the right? People the people that who are not just there you. for yeah. a check. And I kind of want to parlay that into my uh, one of my lessons because it relates to business is it's better to spend money on a task than to acquire a skill. And I don't think enough people think about this as mm. business owners because we try so hard to be everything in our business. And you have to do that in the startup phase. But whenever you start getting to a point where you're making money, you don't need to try to learn a skill. You got to stop that shit because guess what? You're being the biggest roadblock to the success of your business at that point. Because now there's a learning curve you got to go through. This person already good at it. You just made $1,000 from this, but instead of spending 700 with them to get the job done that's going to help you make money, you thinking, well, I could just do it myself. I'm going to take this course instead. But now you're not thinking about the time contributions. You're not thinking about the mental aspects and that learning curve like Jalen just mentioned that you have to go through whenever if you just spend that money, you just spend money with somebody else who can get the job done, it's going to keep you able to focus on what you're supposed to be doing in the business to continue making it grow. And that's that working on the business versus, versus working in, in the, the business. business yeah. We definitely, like, this year, that's one of my biggest goals for next year is, like, getting away from working in, in the, the business. business. To really being on, like, focusing it, on the, not the owner-operator, but the more owner aspect, I'm, I'm right? trying to go to the, the right yeah. side of the cash flow quadrant, baby. I'm not trying to be the, the self-employed nigga for the rest of no, my life. Yeah. Listen. Building I, the system. I, listen, guys, I understand I, I grew up in the country. You wanted something done right, you do it yourself. We but, did uh, all our shit ourselves. Fuck all of Fa- that. Dog. Family functions. <laughs> it, the family come together and we do everything for the function for the wedding. Everybody cooking, all hands on deck. We decorate. Fuck that shit, guys. <laughs> like I, I'm not saying this to say that to my family, but like this is not the way to operate within a business. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that like for the tasks and things that you are proficient in. You're only as good as a business as your ability to replace yourself. Mm. If you can't replace yourself, if you can't get somebody to do what it is that you've been doing, you can't scale. How? It it because we've had this conversation multiple times with many of the people I consider mentors at this point. Where it's like one of the biggest challenges was like though talking about taking care of the people that take care of you, right? Getting people that I consider DNC players. And having to micromanage them and stay on top of them to do my job. Well, now I'm not free to work on, on the, the business yeah. now because I'm over here nitpicking through everything that you doing all day, every day. It, that's not how that should go. If I can't give you some SOPs, I can't give you some loom videos. I can't give you some guidelines and some expectations of what needs to be done and expect the work to be done without us having a conversation every two days or every five minutes. You're not the person for me in this business. I need you to replace me. And I know whenever it's me doing it, it's going to get done. I don't need you to be the person who I have to check on every time to make sure it's done. I need you to be the person who's telling me when it's done and who's, if they have a suggestion, that's one of the big things. Like the people who, are going to help you grow and scale are going to have suggestions. To and they're not afraid better. to share those suggestions as well. They're, they're not afraid to 
to learn your guidelines or your rules and things that you're set for, and they're going to use and implement those things. So that's like one of the biggest lessons, and that's added into my discernment of knowing like who's going to be good for this team or not because that's going to be the thing that takes it to the next level. It's like getting away from working on stuff, you spending a little bit of money, mm-hmm. and identifying people who can replace the things that we're doing so that we can keep growing. And that's that's not just for Black Wealth Renaissance. That's for every business, but that's a lesson that I've truly internalized this year. Yeah, that's Took some time. That's what's up. I like that lesson. Took some time. I'll say that. E-Myth, read it in 2020, thought I understood, didn't really. Nah. Got to bump your head a little bit sometime, but mentorship helps. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, number six for me, uh, going into number 11 overall, ask for help when you need it. That's major. Simply put. Put your pride to the side. for help when you need it. Uh, I know me and David, we're both one of the same type of people, right? We don't ask for help a lot of the times. Like a lot of times it's like, I'm going to figure out how to get this shit done. Me, I'm the older brother. So I've always had to have it figured out. I always had to be the example setter. I always had to be the person like, I can't let them see me that I don't understand what the fuck going on. So I've always had to figure it out on myself anyway. So I've always thought that way. Like, yo, if you don't do it or if you don't figure it out, like it's not going to get done. But sometimes you have to ask for help. Like there's times where it's just simply you can't get, you can't get it done and you have to ask for help Facts. and it's okay. It doesn't mean, it's okay it doesn't mean that you're help. a weak person. It doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing it. You just have to ask for help. And it, like you said, it doesn't make you less of, it doesn't make you weaker. You just ask for help because at the end of the day, it was what's the thing? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go, go far, far, go together. Mm-hmm. Get somebody there that's there. Like, ask for help. I, I 100% agree with that. And it's still something that, personally, I'm working on. Yeah, I know. So, yesterday, <laughs> I called this nigga, right? But I was going to ask. <laughs> no, you, you fucking was. was taking so fucking long. So, look, y'all. I was going to ask last li- minute, li- Listen, ask, listen, bitch. listen. Let me get the damn shit off. <laughs> so... <laughs> He 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 t- he's moving to a new place and he was like, Yeah, I'ma sell my uh washer and dryer. He's like, I might have to go deliver it. He sold it and, and earlier in the week he was like, Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go deliver it. He called me. He's like, Hey man, you got a dolly, I might need to use that shit. I'm like, why the fuck he just I, in my head, I'm like, why didn't he just ask me if I can help? He know I ain't doing shit. He know <laughs> I, I ain't working right now. The nigga still didn't ask. So up until yesterday. I called her. I was like, hey, man, when the fuck you going to ask me to help you do this shit? Because you know you ain't got to do it by yourself. He's like, I mean, uh, nigga, I, actually, was I, I was just about to call you. Yeah, you, call me my ass, nigga. Ah, man, I'm telling you I was going to call you. It'll probably be around 8 p.m., you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, my nigga helped me out. We got the shit done. You exactly. Feel me? But no, to, to that point, though, right, it's about it's a pride thing. And like pride will keep you broke. That's some, a fact. Some real shit. And, and I, I kind of want to interject right here, right? We there's posts going on checking on your strong friend and everything like that right now because of the guy yeah. who committed suicide. I think it's knowing your strong friend, knowing that what type of person they're at. instead of saying, "Are you okay? Do you need help?" I knew the nigga needed help, so I'm a hey nigga. What time you need me to be there? Instead of saying, are you okay? What can I help you with? That's what really I, 
Sorry. That's something that I think could go so much further with the with the strong friend, right? Because I'm one of those friends. And I don't, I don't get asked that question a lot. What do you need help with? Mm-hmm. If you just ask me that, and sometimes I be, you know what? I actually do need help with this. Can you help me out with that? So I think knowing your strong friend, and instead of asking them if they're okay, ask them what they need help with. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not even going to get into it with this whole check on your strong friends narrative. Like, I think it bothers me um, that it's only whenever something bad happens that the black community wants Mm -hmm. to have conversations like this. Like, the music, Takeoff got killed, and now it's like, oh, man, we got to stop listening to murder music. And it's like, but then you're going to go back on and cut on the same shit you was listening to a week later. Like, like, I... I digress. I'm not. I'm not going to be real into, with you, sir. Let, let's. Let, I'm. I digress. That's not like what we here for today. Ask them if they need help. Just ask. Lessons. So, um, this is going to be number six, six for, for me. Yeah. Twelve in total. It's number twelve in total. So, um, no paperwork, no partnership. Oof. Woo! Repeat that for shit. No paperwork, no partnership. If you can't put it in black and white and you don't have clear guidelines as to what what is supposed to happen, who's responsible for what, and what the splits are when we're talking about money, it's no partnership here. Because that's one of the biggest things that I've seen across the board that has ruined businesses. And personally, I've had to walk away from things. Jayla and I have, to, have had to walk away from things this year because the lessons that we've learned from our personal business with this that we started made us move different when it comes to relationships and partnerships with other people. And it's like, okay, yeah, y'all, it's all good to handshake. Hey man, we're going to do this. Whoop, de, whoop, de, whoop. But you need it in black and white mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Like what's on this paperwork. What's the Cause, fucking receipts? Cause this is what's going to govern what happens. If shit don't happen the way it's supposed to happen, because at the end of the day, yeah, it's great to be idealistic, but guys, everything don't work out and everything don't shake out the way it will, it's supposed to. And if somebody can't give it to you in black and white and it's not an agreement that you can come to, walk away. Simple as that. Like, it, it, I'm not saying that you walk away from every opportunity, but if you have leverage in a deal, you have, a, you have something special, you, you don't give that shit away for nothing. Mm-hmm. If it's no paperwork, and you don't agree with the guidelines that's set for it, walk away from that shit. No paperwork, no partnership to me. That, that's that's my big one, man. That's I like, like that. 2023, don't approach me about no partnership if you ain't got no paperwork to sign. I'm going to put another disclaimer. 
If you too cheap to invest in your own domain name and actual email thing, don't fucking hit us up either. Cause they invest in that shit. That shit not expensive. That shit do be like fifty dollars if that. Fuck. That shit be pissing me <laughs> off. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, bitch. You sound kind of mad. Yeah, that shit do piss me off, man. Why your shit don't say at whatever your business is? It's at Gmail or at Yahoo. Do the shit right. Let, let's that move, also let's will help you with getting financing and shit like yeah. that. But y'all listen to that episode with Ellie for that type of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go into number seven for me, right? Fight for what you want slash need. Mm. And one of the biggest lessons for that with me was the marketing for Black Men's Summit, right? I feel like we didn't fight enough for we a didn't. larger marketing budget. And when it came down to it to really produce what we needed to, we didn't have the budget. There was some caveats. There was some caveats. But at the same time, we that, that should have been something that we were still Non-negotiable pushing. Non-negotiable. Yeah, it's like, yo, we understand that production is large, but we also have to get it out so we can get asses in these seats. Mm-hmm. So... And that's not just like that one specific, but it's like for anything, right? If you want that shit, go get it. Like nobody's just going to hand it out to you. Nobody's just going to say, here, Jalen, it's yours. I want to make a million dollars next year. You know what the fuck we got to do? We got to go get that shit. You got to ask some people. You got to ask for the sale. You got to ask for the deal. You got to reach out. You got to put the work in. Like you got to fight for that shit. Ain't nobody going to just be like, yeah, like you said, nobody going to just reach out like, hey, Jalen. I got a million dollars for you. I got a million dollars I want to spend with you. And the person that does reach out to you like that, they're probably a fucking scammer. (laughs) They probably trying to scam you. I ain't going to hold you. Probably so. Like, you know what's realistic and you know what's not realistic in terms of somebody offering you. But like Jalen, I like that lesson. Fight for it if you want it. Because... And that's not just anything. That's everything in life. If it's a woman you want, fight for it. Fight for it. If it's a car you want, fight for it. The house you want, fight for it. The life you want to live, go fight for that shit. If it's a deal that you want and somebody turning you around, man, go above their fucking head. Fight for that shit. It's always another level. But the second that you lay down and give up, you admit defeat. So... Fight for it. I'm with it. And at the very end, if you fought for it and you didn't get it, you knew you did everything, everything that your you fucking, could. Your fucking humanly possible that you could have done to get this thing. So you don't have regrets the way you would have if you just laid I, down. Maybe I should go do it. Shoulda, coulda, woulda ass nigga. Exactly. You a shoulda, coulda, woulda ass nigga. This guy. You remember that song? That nigga Two Chains ain't that shit. Oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda ass. This guy. Hey, what, what was that mixtape? I don't fucking know, man. We stand on topic right now. <laughs> we'll deviate a little bit later in this episode. Right now, we on our list. All right, back to the lessons. Okay, so. But yeah, that was number seven for me. Fight for what you want slash need. Fight for it. Okay. So, number seven for me, I would say is going to be separating your accounts is a necessity. Mm. You cannot have all your money in one pot, right? So this is something that I got caught up on earlier. I shared it kind of briefly before. Uh, I had things go left with the Toro business. I mean, when I say left, guys, I had all my cars break down at one time, right? And all my money was going into one account for all the cars. 
So damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, all my money from the cars was going into one account. So whenever the issues started to arise, it became more challenging because they didn't have their own funds set aside. And because I'm spending on maintenance and repairs and I was also using some of this money personally, it became a fucking fiasco and a disaster. I ain't gonna lie, son. I ain't gonna. I thought you was doing a little bit better. Than hey, that. dog! It became what it became. Hey, I understand. It though. became what it became. I had it all going into one I'm account instead of each, each having a car with their mm-hmm. own account, so that they their income would be the income for the car. That way, like if a situation arises, you got the funds. You got aside. the funds set aside for, and like I say that for personal and business. Like I think every individual should have at least two checking accounts. Just oh, yeah, as a person. A that's a fact. As a person, you need a checking account that's going to be for your bills. Just your, the bills. Just the bills. Like, none of the other shit. Just bills. You're going to have a, need another checking account that's going to be your fun money, your mm-hmm. whatever you need. Haircuts, I think you also pedicures. should have two savings accounts. You should have a savings account that's just your regular savings, and then mm-hmm. you have your emergency fund savings where you put it off in a high-yield savings account. In business, same shit, right? We've made this transition to profit first. Shout out to Suzanne. Shout out to Mike McCallowitz. Love it's you, a Suzanne. Great system. It's a great system. These si- this system will save you. Systems really, will save you. I ain't gonna lie. At first, it was so hard transitioning, but now that we're starting to get it under our feet, I love it. It, it makes so much sense. Like it, when I say, I guess having separate bank accounts, it's really just a system. You have a system for how you're putting out your money because if you don't have a system, you're gonna succumb to bullshit. You're gonna succumb. Time. You're gonna succumb to whenever uh, a bad that the unexpected expense comes. You won't have it there for you because you fell victim to bank account account. I'm looking at the account is there, but if I have multiple accounts where I put the money, you know how much stress that pulls off of you. I know that, my taxes taken care of. I, yeah. I, Oh, oh, Uncle Sam, you need you need fifteen percent of what we made last year. Oh, we got that sitting right here. Here you go, it play been boy. Saved for you, dog. It been it been sitting there. It's for you. It was waiting. We was waiting on you at the door. We knew you was coming for it. So instead of you scrambling and being like, "Damn, man, oh man, I gotta, I spent all this on operations now because I'm trying to scale. I'm trying to do this now because I have this system in place where I know when I get paid." On the 10th and the 25th, my money going, 15% of this money going to taxes. Because guess why? I know that expense is coming. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to happen. So I'm prepared. So that, that'd that be one of the biggest lessons to me. The separate bank accounts, setting that system up of how you're going to d- divvy up your money so that you're prepared for any season. Mm. I like that. I like that. I'm going to go into my next lesson. Lesson number eight for me. Mm-hmm. A yearly trip is a must. So I ended up going non business trip. Yeah, like a non business trip, it's a must. I ended up going on my first vacation since 2017 this year, and man, that shit felt amazing, dog. Like really, just to be able to disconnect, not have to worry about what's going on. Like I thought about it, but I told myself I'm not even buying the internet package on the cruise because. I want to give myself that barrier, that buffer to where I don't even have to think. Like, if I think about it, I still can't get to it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm forcing myself to hit be the pause. Yeah, to be present. In that moment. Exactly. And um, this is something else that I learned from uh, from my guys, Tim and Anthony. 
uh, they gave me the difference between a trip and a vacation, right? A trip is whenever you're going to plan something, you got a certain itinerary. That vacation, that's where you just go, you chill, you relax, you unwind. So um, honestly, I'm going to say a trip and a vacation is a must. A trip just to get away, to get some new insight, because with traveling, you do gain new insight. You get a new outlook on the world. But they vacation, that's why you recharge and you really relax. You disconnect and you get your mind right and you you heal on the mental level. Mm. Yeah, man, I need a vacation, dog. I ain't took, not as you're saying, I ain't take a real vacation. Got a plan for it, bro. Vacation, vacation, because all my trips be business trips. Even next year, I want to go to Ghana. We're going to go, not want to, we're going to Ghana. So y'all be on the lookout. BWR in Ghana. Y'all going to see us. We're going to Ghana. I'm going to have on the African drip, big nigga African drip style. You feel me? (laughs) I'm going to get my Ghanaian name. We're going to do all that. Ashy as shit. I ain't gonna be ashy, nigga. <laughs> Bitch, you got me looking at my hands now. Nah. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, but no, like, but that's still gonna be a business trip. So, like, planning for that vacation, I do think is very yeah, important. Yeah, like, that's something I'm gonna talk to Tanae about is like, what's gonna be our two trips for next year? So, I can put that on the schedule and just plan around that. Like, this is non negotiable. Even if it's a staycation, nigga, I'm, hey, you can't talk to me right now. I am. I'm. I'm off the. I'm off the records right now. Hey, do that for your mental health. Yeah, it's so. important, especially like goes back to kind of that thing about enjoying the journey, valuing where you are, enjoying that moment, being present. Mm-hmm. It's extremely important that you do that. Yeah. So that's my lesson: is a yearly trip slash vacation is a must. It's a requirement. So rolling into my lesson, um, this is gonna be number eight for me. Mm-hmm. So number eight for me, 16 total. Um, this is something that I just kind of thought of more recently. Is And it's conceal your intentions until you reach your, your desired outcome. Mm. So before you start shouting from the mountaintops of this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go, make sure that you put everything in motion to make sure that it's going to happen. Um, there was a study that was done in like 09 at NYU and it showed that if you publicly share your goals, you're less likely to accomplish them Really, because you get the social satisfaction of people saying that's a great goal. You get the social satisfaction of sharing that you want to do this. So mentally, right? You get the same dopamine hit. You get that dopamine hit that effect of being the person who did the thing when you, in all reality, you hadn't done the thing yet. You just shared your intentions. So sharing it from the mountaintop saying, I want to do it. And I mean, you could look at it two different ways. Some people think sharing your goals is going to hold you accountable, but I'm a firm believer that you should make the moves in silence. And then once it's secure, you, that is whenever you deliver your true intentions. So that that's one of my lessons. That's something that I'm moving with, with intention into 2023. Y'all, I, y'all might hear me say what I want to do, but y'all ain't going to hear everything. I tell you that much. Like, whenever it, whenever it's done, that's when you'll hear from me. I like that. I like that. Um, number, number nine for me is don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. And that goes back to my story earlier uh, with moving to Nashville for a few months, right? Mm-hmm. I had to get uncomfortable. I had to step out of my comfort zone of being in my home and – take that step so I can go make some of the best money I've ever made in my fucking life. 
I made 18 bands in one month at that job. Like, I'm going to let y'all see how, how, how many How many people, you like, know, making 18000 in a month? That's almost twenty k in a month, bro. Exactly. Back home, that's some teacher's salaries. Half of it. Like. That, I mean, we you and I had that conversation, bro. Like, a few years ago, this is the type of money that we damn near made in a year type shit. Like, 20, when we started Black Wealth Renaissance? Exactly. Working where we were working at, we were we getting was paid really, like really. Like, 27 before taxes. Yeah. Before taxes, guys. So, to make 18 in a month is insane. And I'm fucking proud of you for that, bro. Thank you, my brother. I am, bro. Because, like, again, seeing your journey, seeing where you came from, seeing the where you were a year ago and where you are now, that shit make me happy. Thank you, Because you deserve that shit because you put the fucking work in. Thank you. And I like the the whole journey was so surreal. Like once again, I told you guys, I'm sleeping on an air mattress and a sofa the year before. Fast forward, I got an apartment in two of some of the two nation's cities. largest cities. Not just cities, but largest cities. I'm living in Nashville and in Dallas. We ain't talking and no $700 rent, nigga. Exactly. Like both of my rent, one my rent in Nashville is like $2400. I had a roommate, so splitting that in half. Like $1,200 a month. And my rent out here was $1,200 a month. So I'm still paying $2,400 a month just in rent. Then I had bills in both places. And it was just like, it's such a blessing that me being uncomfortable, I had the opportunity to experience that. I had the opportunity to do both of the, both of the different things. So um, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Another thing with being uncomfortable is, having those uncomfortable conversations. We had to have that conversation with our other business partners. Right. And that shit wasn't comfortable, but the desire, the desired outcome and what we got from the uncomfortable conversation, it was worth it. We got relief on our mental. We got relief in the business and we got clarity. Weight you were carrying around till after that uncomfortable conversation. That shit really felt like, like really feel like I got new energy about this shit. We talked about it that same exactly. day. It was like after getting it done, it was like, wow. I ne- you uncomfortable conversations are so necessary. Shout out to our guy Kobe. I need to get with Kobe again yeah, soon. I, I hit him up uh recently. Yeah, man, I need to get with Kobe again soon. Cause he was one of the first people that told us about that. Tough conversations are one of the things that you really need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to glaze over that fear aspect because I do believe that like the life that you want to lead is on the other side of the shit that scares you the most. It is. And just because it's scary doesn't mean it's not right for you. Going back to that right opportunity versus a good opportunity, just because it may feel easy and all that, that may be a good opportunity, but maybe what this season is asking of you is to to challenge yourself. Mm. And the right opportunity may be a little scary. It may ask you to, to put in a little extra time. It may ask for you to, to put something to the side for a little while. Mm. But what's on the other side of that? What's the benefit of that for you? I'm glad you shared that one, bro. Hey, no problem, my brother. So this was actually a fun exercise doing this. I think we should start doing this every year on the pod. Like yeah. it was really just y'all fun. let us just, know what y'all think too. Yeah. I feel like yeah, we, we sitting back, reflecting. It gave me a chance to be grateful for everything that I've experienced. Gave me a chance to really analyze the lessons that I've had. Uh, so I, I liked this this exercise for sure. So this is number nine for me. Yeah. Okay. So nine eighteen total. Um, 
this is something that I learned while dealing and getting away from the depression survival mode time. Isolation is dangerous, but mm. solitude is necessary. Ooh. So there's a difference between isolation and solitude. Isolation is cutting yourself off from the world, and it makes that that's like a dangerous type place to be in, right? Because whenever you're not feeling yourself, whenever you're depressed, can't get out of bed, lacking motivation, all these things, and you start cutting yourself off from people, like you get these unrealistic expectations of the way that the world works. And that's not the same as solitude. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, like, solitude is you just separating yourself for a brief time so you can have that time with yourself. And in that time, you practice the gratitude. You reflect. You learn. You do things that bring you joy, just you, that don't involve other people. But you should never cut yourself away from people because as humans, we are social beings. We need people in our lives, and isolation is dangerous because whenever you start disassociating yourself with everybody and you you don't answer the phone for people and you're just sitting there, you're never going to change your situation. You become basically in your own little world. And that's a bad place to be sometimes. So I, I that was one of the big lessons I learned this this year. Like, know the difference between whenever you're isolating yourself, you're putting yourself on an island, you're separating yourself from everybody for the wrong reasons. It's okay to do it if you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're going to reflect, you're going to practice gratitude, you're going to pray, be with God, do things that enjoy yourself, that you enjoy as an individual. But if you're just doing it and you're just sitting down in the room all day by yourself, don't talk to nobody. That's solitary confinement. That's that's you're putting yourself in a voluntary solitary confinement. That's that's not good for yourself. So that's something that I learned this year. That's deep. That's deep. I like that. We're going to number ten on my list. Learn how to use our network more. We need to learn how to leverage our, le- our network more. I think that this is something, once again, bad that we don't have is asking for help when we need it, especially from people that we have in our network. There's a lot of people who want to help us. And sometimes we just don't reach out and ask them for help or we don't leverage their expertise. Um, so that's something that I w- we're going to implement in 2023 is really leveraging that network, um, figuring out how we can find the right people to really align with us to get us to those goals that we want to go to. So that's one of the biggest lessons for me of 2022. That's major. Um, Definitely still one of those things. Again, growing, helping, working on for myself. Asking for help has always been a challenge. Um, I think going back to my last lesson, just like learning that, that isolation, that cutting yourself off from people that's dangerous, Having conversations create currency. Having conversations create opportunities. And just being present with people and getting to know people, that that equity that you build with people, that value, you shouldn't take that for granted. 
like, especially when it comes to even the conversation of asking for help, right? Mm -hmm. Because even though I got to know you, we cool, I still may not want to ask for help because I might feel like I'm bothering that person, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to understand going to the fighting for it. I don't give a damn, bro. Like, if the shoe was on the other foot, would they feel the same way? Put your pride to the side. Ask for the damn help. Because, again, the thing that you're scared to do probably is what's stopping you from getting to that next level. So definitely going to be asking for more help in 2023. And if you're listening, just know. When we call, pick up the phone, baby. But you know we coming with the value as well. Always. Always. Because that's what we about with BWR. So um, the next lesson I say that was big for me would be not getting caught up in hype. So, like, I think after the whole pandemic craze and all this with stocks and crypto, uh, it's real good to see a cycle come and go so that I can understand, like, what hype looks like and when not to get too caught up, right? We always talk about the Warren Buffett quote, as famous, be greedy when others are fearful, fearful and fearful when people are greedy, but like applying that in real life is really important. Um, I mean, we seen earlier this year, like now, obviously hindsight's 2020, we look at FTX, we look at the NFT pump and dumps and we're like, man, we should have seen that shit from a mile away. But whenever it was so hype and that FOMO was so high, everybody was willing to hop in regardless of it, it and started ignoring the risk. Right. So, don't get caught up in hype at the at the thinking of the proper word I want to use here. Like, you don't want to get so caught up in hype that you're ignoring risk, basically. Like, only get into something and only invest what you're willing to lose. Uh, so, like, one trend that I thought might have been something big, GameFi. I got caught up in the hype of GameFi. I thought I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great, right? Look at these returns we're getting on uh, DeFi Kingdoms. Niggas was getting a fucking 160% APY. 300% on some shit, nigga. It, nigga, I'm looking every day this shit going up, boy. I'm like, man, this this lit. But the hype was so high and people was hopping in it because everybody was talking about it. But whenever everything fell apart and Game 5 fell apart way before this whole FTX debacle, way mm-hmm. before, I think it fell apart when Bitcoin went from 60 to 40. Like, it was like, oh, wait. Oh, can't do that. But not getting so caught up in the hype and understanding at the end of the day, the fundamentals of whatever it is that you're investing in. Um, Still like a Bitcoin, right? We've had conversations, Jake and all these other people was like, hey, it's not an investment. I still believe that Bitcoin is a great long term hold. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to put money here because I do see this as the underlying asset of the cryptocurrency market. So like looking at it that way, understanding the functionality of it, where it was created as the first token, the first alternative currency. It hasn't been hacked in all these years. It's decentralized in the truest sense where it's no one nation that controls it. Uh, It's there's so many different factors that you need to understand before hopping into something Versus like these NFT projects where everybody was just like, hey, yo, I got this picture that you can buy. And it, this is the utility. That's not really any utility. It's mm-hmm. like I can put 
clothes on a virtual character and like, okay, nigga, just buy the fucking thing with the, the V bucks on 2K. You know what I'm saying? Like, why why am I gonna put all my money in a crypto for that shit? Like, just understanding that and not getting so caught up in the hype and the headlines. That's that's one of the things that I'm leaving this year with moving forward. Next time we have a market cycle, I'ma know when to sell. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I think that it was a great learning lesson though. Like really just going through a full full market cycle is like I have learned a lot just from being an investor like yo like you said knowing when to sell losing a couple thousand dollars will do that for you yeah. you know what I'm saying like you're like god damn man I done probably lost about five six thousand dollars like nothing crazy hey, I ain't lost my life savings no net worth we ain't we ain't risky out here like that but still hey man I'm glad we ain't turned into crypto crash just w hey nigga. I almost was no, I, know, I, we, I did, I did half almost, my shit we almost almost risked it for the biscuit <laughs> almost I, I did half of one of my stock portfolios that's another thing separate accounts separate purposes uh, going back to that like I have separate stock accounts for separate mm-hmm. purposes I have a long term investing portfolio I have a swing trading type portfolio and I have a, this is when I'm, I'm trading options and doing all this other shit. If I'm feeling frisky, this is my risky money. And I think it's important to have those different options. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I liquidated half of one of those swing accounts and I was like, I'm going to just swing crypto. And I don't think you ever swung back, nigga. I, don't, I ain't swung back. I got my ass whooped. <laughs> Fight back, nigga. So. <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I'll tell you one one of the biggest the biggest things I'm happy about, boy, I almost uh approached my family by trying to get them to invest in some crypto together. Boy, them niggas would have hated you. David, you're a fucking dumbass. <laughs> you dumb nigga. <laughs> I gave him my money, he lost it. So again, not getting caught up in hype. Oh, I was very, that's why I think I really internalized because like at that time I was like, man, this is the best time to invest. And it was like it actually it was it the was worst, worst time yeah. to invest. And I could have walked my people in. I could have integrated my people into a burning ship. Yeah. Mm. But I kind of like you said, you know, knowing when to sell. When she hitting all time highs, why the fuck I need to be buying? Like my biggest you lesson, you should never buy nothing at an all time. My, my biggest lesson is I buy on red days. If I see that fucking shit lit up green, I'm not fucking buying any. I don't care if that shit is down a half a percent. I'd rather buy a down half a percent than whenever that bitch is up. I'm saying though, like even cause we had that conversation with Ian, um, like fifty percent down from all time highs is some of the best times to buy, right? And then right now. But right that, now. now everybody's pulling their money away. When I'm telling you, when I'm seeing 52 week lows, I'm seeing that shit right now. Here you go. Let me let me scoop up all this because my thing is like Snapchat, right? I loved it at seventy dollars, so now I'm gonna hate it at seven. That don't sound right. <laughs> That's like if I wanted them J's, if I wanted the Space Jordan J's at two hundred and twenty two dollars. And I catch them on sale for 70. What's the difference? I still love the shoe. That's a fact. So I'm going to get into my final lesson of 2022. Lesson 11. Implement good advice immediately. That's a big one. Implement good advice immediately. Um, Once again, shout out to a lot of our friends who are our mentors. They give us a lot of advice and one thing about David and myself is we're going to implement that shit. You tell us, hey, yo, this shit worked for me. Hey, if it worked for that nigga, it can work for me. That's the type of nigga I am. I'm going to believe it. 
Until I go try it and it don't work, then I'll be like, hey, man, the fuck you was talking? I, I did this and I didn't get the result. Oh, I forgot to tell you, you got to do this, this, this. Okay, hey, don't leave that shit out next time. But implement it to go get the results that you want to get. Um, Tim gave us some good advice. We implemented that shit immediately. And then we got the results. It fixed the situation that went on for months. I'm just saying. So, like, implement good advice immediately. Whenever you have good advice, advice from a person that you know, they're at a place where you want to be, and they give you a gem, go implement it. Seek wise counsel always. It's definitely super important, uh, like you just mentioned. Because it's like certain situations, like, People will give you good advice, and sometimes you'll drag your feet on acting on it. You'll be like, oh, man, I don't know if I should do that. But to Jalen's point, if they've been there, done that, and experienced this, why wouldn't you listen to them? Because just because the situation is personal to you doesn't mean it's unique to you. Mm. Just because it's happening to you doesn't mean it hasn't happened to someone else. And somebody who's been there and done that, uh, again, seeking that wise counsel, they can offer you actionable solutions. You just be have have to be willing to take the actions to get those solutions. And if you're not willing to take the steps. Don't even ask for it. Don't ask because that's disrespectful to the person that's offering you the advice. I think that's another piece that uh, that you don't consider sometimes. It's like people ain't going to keep giving you advice forever, yeah. especially if they see you not using it. It's like well, these niggas ain't listening. They just going to keep dealing with the same shit? All right, cool. I'm just shut my mouth. Hell yeah. When they I'm, say don't cast pearls to swine, you don't want to be considered swine. I ain't never heard of that one, but okay. Hey, pearls of wisdom, like gems. Don't get it. Lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. That's one of one of those colloquialisms, you know, that the people say. Country shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't cast pearls to swine because it's some country shit. Hey, man. I don't you think that was really country, though. I think that's like a... Like a, probably from. Sound like he picked that shit Biblical up off of Bellard Bell Loop, nigga. Hey man, we got some shit back there, but nah. Ah man, last one for you, dog. So final lesson for me, man. Uh, shout out to my guy Malik. We're gonna get him on next year. Um, there is no kindness where there's uncertainty. Mm. He dropped that one on me recently, and it really Break stuck with me. So. A lot of times we want to make the people in our lives happy. We want to make the people that we fuck with or people that we're building relationships with happy. Um, And we may keep things ambiguous or say things that aren't really clear or give direct guidance as to where we want to go. But in the effort of making them happy, if you're not giving a clear goal or a clear um directive or action you're not doing them a favor Mm. so that that's something that just stuck with me like there's no kindness where there's uncertainty so like even with in business and personal relationships if you don't know exactly what you want figure that out and relay that directly don't pussyfoot around with it because it's not going to help anyone at the end of the day i like that one I like that one. Well, well y'all, family. that's 22 lessons of 2022. 
I hope y'all got some value from this. Definitely hope um, that you enjoyed this episode. Y'all leave uh, us leave us a review with one of your biggest if, lessons if of you, 2022 you as well. You've listened to this podcast all year. I want to know what have you learned from the show in 2022, or even just in life in general. In life in general, um, go ahead, leave the review, share it, share it down with us below. We'll be sharing these whenever we come back for season five. Yo, we five seasons in this thing. Turn up. Five seasons. Bitch, what a what a tequila. <laughs> what a what a what a champagne at? Spray the champagne. <laughs> champagne shouts, champagne shouts. But nah, man, five seasons in this thing. Uh a lot of great stuff on the horizon. Um, we are a part of the Revolt Podcast Network. Y'all look forward to some of the great things that we have coming mm-hmm. next year. Um, with them, with a few of the different places that we'll be going. Blackwell Renaissance will be coming to a city near you. In Real 2023, soon. so Real soon. all our people, y'all stay tapped in. Y'all know uh, we've been rocking with y'all. Y'all been rocking with us. Again, man, we don't do this enough. Thank you. My to all, name yeah. is David Bellard. And my name is Jalen Clark. You can follow me on social media at David underscore Bellard. Um, I'm all about uplifting the culture. I'm all about education, financial literacy, and really just helping us improve. If you're trying to get on some digital marketing shit, get at me. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't pop my shit, but I know how to make some shit shake. We ain't got almost 600,000 followers on, on Instagram alone, 100,000 on TikTok, and all these other platforms for nothing. We know what we're talking about when it comes to garnering attention and converting traffic. So y'all got some digital marketing needs. Y'all got some advertising needs come fuck with us y'all can dm me personally y'all can dm Jalen personally y'all can email us at podcast at black wealth renaissance and in 2023 we're gonna go up together we're gonna lift as we climb and rise and we're gonna fly this motherfucker to the side the sky man i like that this nigga's rapping now um y'all can follow me is on instagram at underscore j just the letter j clark c-l-a-r-k o six underscore j clark 06 my twitter is you gotta throw the alpha hand sign up every time you say that my twitter is uh hefe clap uh clap is spelled with a k instead of a c um but hefe clap um y'all can follow me on both of those um if you need help with getting your podcast together uh getting some topics together making sure that you have enough substance for whatever you're talking about monetizing your podcast man, you can if, contact if you me you want to know how to put that shit together Get with this nigga, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll you listen y'all to out. this episode and you like, man, I want to start a podcast. This the guy, man. I get y'all audio right. We can figure out all of those type of things. I can help you create an intro, outro, all of those different type of things for your podcast. We can do that for you. Uh so contact us once again, podcast at Blackwealth Renaissance. Uh or if you have some other type of business opportunities, you can go to business at blackwealthrenaissance.com. Um, and just be on the lookout for things that we have in 2023. We appreciate y'all so much. Definitely. Send Excuse all podcast me. inquiries. Podcast at Black Wealth Renaissance. We're yeah. gonna be looking at 2023 scheduling. I'm trying to get some different type of people on here, y'all. So y'all reach out. Yeah, I need big balls, big dundadas. We we trying to get all the businesses. We, we want y'all to learn how to start anything, guys. So man, again. I love y'all. Happy holidays. Feliz Navidad. 
Merry Christmas. If y'all are Happy our Spanish Hanukkah. listeners, please let us know because I ain't even know we got. We, do we have Spanish? Listeners? Yes, nigga. Do they translate podcasts? I don't think so. <laughs> I ain't never submitted a damn translation. That would be fire. But, that would, um, but I ain't do it. <laughs> that'd be dope. But I digress. Um, no, again, thank y'all. As Jalen saying, Feliz Navidad, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, New Year to you. Thank Monica. you for for rocking with us for 2022. We're going up in 2023. We'll be back next year. Appreciate y'all. Until next time, this is Black Wealth Renaissance. Signing, Signing out. Peace. Deuces from Dallas. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.